athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. That's how we're going to get things started today here on The Dopest Show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Notorious B.I.G., one of those that will be on the ballot for the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I'll tell you what, Biggie Smalls definitely should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. When you look at those that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they've made a significant contribution to music as a whole uh, during the course of, of, of their careers. I mean, I, has there been one? Has there been one, one, uh, one person that is that has changed a genre of music more than Biggie Smalls? You're talking about lyrically. I mean, you're talking about one of, if not the greatest lyricists, lyricist of all time. I mean, he changed the game from a lyrical perspective. Um, you know, some of the, I mean, just some of the things that he. He said just very, very slick. I mean, and, and and he was gone well before his time. I mean, I think if you look at a period from 94 to 97, Notorious B.I.G. dominated, dominated, okay? Really brought the New York scene back because in the beginning it was about New York and then really – you look at L.A., uh, N.W.A., um, some of the other groups really took over. And then the down south movement with with first outcast, really. I mean, from a when you look at it from more of a national standpoint now, I mean, um, you know, you could and, and national and more mainstream like there were groups before outcast, you, you, know, you know, ghetto boys, Scarface, of course, UGK. I mean, when you're talking about down south and more specifically that southwest area was before outcast but once outcast bust on the scene you had outcast uh, then right behind outcast was master p so that down south movement but when you talk about big i mean he was you know he was a guy that was was universal don't get me wrong but from a new him and him and method man to me sort of brought new york uh hip-hop back but he's one of many that are on the ballot for the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And as a matter of fact, the music on today's From the Press Box to Press Row is going to reflect some of those that are on the ballot. You have Pat Benatar, Dave Matthews Band, The Peachy Mode, The Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, perhaps the greatest singer of our generation, uh, Judas Priest, Kraftwerk, MC5, 
Motorhead, Nine Inch, uh, Nine Inch Nails, Rufus featuring Shaka Khan, Todd Rundgren. You have Soundgarden, T-Flex, and Finn Lizzy are all on the ballot. The music on today's From the Press Box to Press Row is going to reflect some of those that are on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ballot for 2020. Listen, got a jam-packed show for you today here on the program. Got a lot of different things that we're going to get to today on the program. We're going to preview the Box to Row National Game of the Week between North Carolina A&T and Florida A&M. The game is going to be played in Tallahassee. I can't wait. I'm going to be in Tallahassee calling that football game. Can't wait for it. Two of the hottest teams in the country. You're talking about the top team in all of HBCU football and the Box to Row coaches and media polls with the Aggies. Then you're talking about the number four team in the Box to Row coaches and media polls with respect to Florida A&M. So I'm going to preview that football game today here on the program. I also want to talk a little bit also if we have time to talk about that Bowie State and Virginia State football game, a CIAA Northern Division class. That that has been a game, uh, a matchup that has uh, essentially gone a long way to deciding the CIAA's Northern Division. Of course, Bowie State, the defending champs, um, they are undefeated. The only undefeated team in HBCU football in Virginia State uh, is on a roll as well. Five and one on the season. Going to talk a little bit about that game if time permits. Joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Chester Rogers. It is in his fourth season with the Indianapolis Colts, formerly of Grambling, went undrafted in 2016. It had a really a breakout year on last year. Chester Rogers, wide receiver slash punt returner of the Indy Colts, going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, going to talk some NASCAR as NASCAR is going to be in Kansas at the Kansas Speedway this weekend. Uh, I tell you what, a, a young kid, William Byron, he's 21 years old. He was the rookie of the year last year on the Monster Energy Drink circuit and then really when you look at all the circuits since 2015 he's been rookie of the year so he has a big race he's got to finish well uh if he wants to stay in the race for the chase and uh, so William Byron who drives the number 24 for Hendrick Motorsports going to join us also today here on from the press box to press rope Talked about Bowie State being undefeated. Talked about Florida A&M and North Carolina A&T being hot. Well, one of the other hot teams in all of HBCU football is West Virginia State. If you've heard me on these HBCU football daily podcasts, I talk about West Virginia State every chance I get. I don't think they're getting the notoriety that they deserve. I think the Mountain East Conference, while it's a new conference, it is a strong conference. Yes, Shepard is no longer in the conference, but it's still a pretty strong conference. And guess what? West Virginia State, the Yellow Jackets sit atop the mech. So John Pennington is the head football coach at West Virginia State. He's going to join us today. Also, here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Your participation here on From the Press Box to Press Row always warrant it. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X. T-O-R-O-W or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. 
W. We've got some awesome affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. Want to give a big shout out to our affiliate in Raleigh, Buzz Sports Radio. Uh, uh, I tell you what, uh, just uh, anytime I need to do something at the studio, they they accommodate me. So I appreciate those guys. And they're, of course, one of our affiliates that carry uh, from the press box to press row. Uh, you know, so many affiliates around the country. WRVS out of uh, Elizabeth City covers not only a good stretch of that northeastern uh, North Carolina uh, part, but also into the Outer Banks and then also up into Virginia the Tidewater area. Thank you uh, to WRVS. Just some wonderful uh, affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. Those that listen to us on Sirius XM, channels 141 and 142, and those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com for those that hadn't heard. And, I, you know, I was driving, uh, it was uh, early Thursday morning, and I was listening to um, a, a, a talk station uh, and the CBS News came on, and it was, uh, I guess, well, I hadn't heard, but I don't, I don't know if it was breaking news at that time, but Elijah Cummings, Elijah Cummings, member of the U.S. House of Representatives for Maryland's 7th Congressional District, has passed away. A huge figure was Elijah Cummings, um, headed up the Trump uh, impeachment uh, deal. Uh, He was sort of the head of that outspoken, very outspoken. I mean, this was a gentleman that um, really, you know, he 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 you know, he's he's from Baltimore. He's a graduate of Howard University, um, really embodied to me um, what a what a representative should be. Uh, Not not, you know, wasn't any wasn't any, you know, phoniness uh, with him. I mean, there's always going to be political stuff right but it wasn't a lot of phoniness with him um and just watching him um conduct various hearings uh whether he was on you know on uh being interviewed or whatever the case was he got straight to the point uh he was definitely an advocate uh he was a man that was extremely passionate and that is a huge huge loss uh, to our country. I mean, it, it was it, it's a huge, huge loss um, to our country. Uh, and again, Elijah Cummings passed uh, away and, uh, you know, really a, a big shot. As a matter of fact, uh, a, a passed away, uh, as a matter of fact, on Thursday. So our condolences to the family of uh, Representative Elijah Cummings, a huge, huge figure in the political landscape and again a big loss to the United States so let let me switch gears let me talk a little bit about the Boxer Road National Game of the Week I, I don't have that long uh, in this segment North Carolina A&T going to be at Florida A&M both teams are extremely hot I've been talking about you've heard me talk about Ryan Stanley the last three seasons as an elite level quarterback well guess what he's playing at an elite level if I had six players that would have been in my top five players at the midway point then one of those players definitely would have been Ryan Stanley he's led his team uh, to comebacks the last couple of weeks scoring late in games to to lift 
the, the Rattlers to victory last week. It was South Carolina State on the road two weeks ago. It was at North Carolina Central. So you look at this team. Uh, about, he's got some good receivers led by Xavier Smith. The running game is an issue, averaging less than 90 yards per carry. But guess what? The offensive line, at least from a pass protection deal, is extremely strong. Ryan Stanley has only been sacked two times this year. So the Aggies definitely going to have to put some pressure on uh, Ryan Stanley. I don't think you can totally ignore the running game because that's what Florida A&M may expect. And then you, and then all of a sudden Florida A&M is running, uh, is running the football. They haven't done a good job of it this year, but I know Sam Washington wants to place and in, in the bye week placed an emphasis on the past defense, which has not been great for North Carolina A&T uh, so far this year. This is going to be an outstanding football game. Um, I previewed it more on our website at BoxToRow.com during our HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I'm up against it. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Indianapolis Colts return man, wide receiver, Chester Rogers. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row, joined by an Indianapolis Colt in his fourth season with the Colts, wide receiver and punt returner. An undrafted free agent signed that way back in 2016 out of Grambling. He is Chester Rogers. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Chester, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Glad to have you. Your thoughts, you guys are 3-2 and two, uh, on the season. Your thoughts on the Colts season so far? Hey, man, it's going good. Uh, you know, we're learning from our mistakes. You know, we got a few wins, and we uh, we got a chance. We got opportunities this weekend, you know, to be in a, put ourselves in a good position, you know, heading to the rest of the season. Absolutely, a home game um, against the Texans. Talk about some of you, you guys, you know, made some adjustments, I guess, after the Chargers game in which you lost to open the season. You know, some really nice wins, including a a good win against the Chiefs. Correct, right. Um, that was the first game of the season, you know, that was a loss. Uh, we all feel like, you know, we shouldn't have lost that game. Uh, a lot of mistakes, um, you know, in all phases. And we just had to cor- go, go back to the drawing board to correct them and, you know, put ourselves in better positions to win. And you, you've you been able to do that. What is, what, what's the bye week sort of been like for you all? Uh, bye week, I mean, it was all about, you know, just resting your body, man. Reset, hitting the re- reset um, button, you know, because we've been going at it, you know, ever since training camp and, you know, six weeks until the season. So we just had to get away and get your mind right to finish the year off. 
Yeah. What about that, uh, you know, your first touchdown reception of the season uh, against the – I know you guys didn't didn't prevail in that game, but that had to feel good uh, being able to, to uh, help your team, at least in that moment, and get into the end zone. Absolutely. You know, it always feels good to get, uh, get a touchdown, get in the end zone, and especially against, um, you know, a team like that and a play that, you, you know, you run – Every week, and you get a lot of reps to so see to see it, you know, be successful in the game. So it always feels good. That's the voice of Chester Rogers, wide receiver and punt returner for the Indianapolis Colts, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Would you know you 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 came into the league more as maybe a punt returner, but man, I mean, you had a banner year last year. Like you caught a bunch of balls, an integral part really uh, of that deep wide receiver core for the Colts. Six receptions um, so far this year. Uh, are, you know, are there plans to get you the ball a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, due to, you know, different situations uh, this season, you know, um, quarterback changes and, you know, just, you know, we're trying to uh, find our identity. So, you know, I mean, those time, that, that time will come. You never know. You know, we've been running the ball really well, you know, with Marlon Mack. So, I mean, I'm not complaining. We're winning and I don't mind feeding them. So, you know, that, that, the time will come. I'm not I'm not tripping. Yeah. What about last year, though? The 53 receptions. I mean, that was 30 more than you had back in 2017. Speak. I, I know it was last year. We're five games into the season, getting ready to be the sixth game. But talk about the banner year in your third year in the National Football League. Again, you're you're a guy halfway to 100 catches that was undrafted. Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, Whenever your number's called, man, just make a play. And and I had a lot of opportunities last year. You know, I had a great chemistry with, uh, with Andrew. And, and like I said, we just I just took – I felt like I needed to take a big step, you know, going into my third year. And uh, I had a pretty good year last year. So I'm just trying to build off of that. Did Andrew's retirement was – that a, was that a surprise to you? Absolutely. You know, that's I – mean, I feel like it's deeper uh, with Andrew uh, than football. You know, um, me, me and his relationship, uh, he accepted me, you know, as a kid coming out of Grambling undrafted and he just took me in as a little brother and you know he man i've been out to california i've stayed at his house you know all kind of stuff met all his his family so to see my brother you know retire you know it it hurt me but at the end of the day he got to take care of his health yeah no question to me what would it i mean have you been able to talk with him or at least at the time that he announced or shortly thereafter were you able to to have a conversation with him Absolutely. Uh, I talked to Andrew. Uh, he, he hits me every like every game day saying good luck. He called me, you know, like a week or two after everything kind of died down and we had a good conversation. And, you know, we plan to link up uh, a lot of times, you know, uh, throughout the season. So everything's good. Yeah, guys can play. It's no question. But you're talking about a guy w- with the trajectory as a Hall of Famer, not to say he won't be, but, you know, he, you know, he, he, he played for a short amount of time. So what does that mean? I mean, you've come in, um, done your work as a professional. Again, you come undrafted out of an HBCU. Grambling will talk more about that. But to be able to have a, a convo with a guy like that and for him to tell you that, what does that mean to you? Oh, I mean, it feels awesome, man. You know, to know that the caliber, you know, player he is, the type of person he is, uh, it just feels good, you know, to have a relationship with a guy like that. So um, I appreciate it every time he reaches out. That's the voice, of course, of Chester Rogers, wide receiver and punt returner for the Indianapolis Colts, joins us here on the program. The Colts have a home tilt on Sunday against the Texans. Uh, Jacoby Persat, you know, talk about him and sort of his development, sort of being thrust. I mean, he's been he's been prepared for this moment, no question about it. He was with New England, but sort of being uh, thrust into this moment and uh, being able to excel. Um, 
like honestly, I'm not surprised at all. Just how Jacoby always prepared, you know, as as a starter. You know, um, when he was backing up Andrew, you could just see, it, you know, behind the scenes how he would work out and just prepare. You know, so he's been preparing for this moment, you know, for a long time. So he's out there. He's comfortable. He's been in this offense for two years, and he's just playing. He's calling. He's he's handling it. Your former teammate at Grambling, Chad Williams, now part of the practice squad there with the Colts. Were you instrumental in getting him to Indianapolis? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I had to talk to my guy. Uh, he had a few options, you know, um, after, you know, unfortunately getting released from the Cardinals. And this is one of the ones. And I, I reached out to him and, and told him, man, come be a part of this. It's, it's a great situation over here. we got a great room and a great chance, you know, to go all the way. So he made the decision, and now we're back together. Yeah, no, that's awesome because he's going to get his opportunity to play. You're getting your opportunity to play. How great would that be for you all? Uh, you know, you did great things at Grambling, won a swag, uh, you know, won a, uh, a well, well, that's right. You weren't part of that team. But, again, you were building towards that SWAC championship. How great would that be for you all to be able to do it on this level? Man, that would be great. I think that would be the first time in Grambling history that two, you know, former players you know, on the same team, same game. So I'm looking forward to it. I think the fans want to see it. And if that opportunity presents itself, we'll be ready, man, to make it happen. Yeah. What do you remember most about that time at Grambling? Again, I, now I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were part of that 2013 team where, where you know, the guys uh, decided not to play a game that year and then the rebuilding process happened. And, of course, your last year was 2016. But Broderick Fobbs and you guys were doing something great with which ultimately led to the 2017 SWAC championship. So what do you remember most about those days at Grambling? Um, it, those days were just character-building days. We went through so much. Uh, that was my sophomore year where the boycott happened. But I learned so much about myself and, and just how to, you know, persevere. And and so, you know, being on the next level, you're going to see things. But it really it doesn't affect me because I went through so much in college. And, and I really appreciate those days where we had to struggle at Grambling and, it felt good when we were uh, back on top, you know, at the program. So those days, man, I, I really cherish them. Uh, a couple more thoughts. Now, you're from Huntsville, so did you have any, you know, any uh, – did you choose Grambling? How did you ultimately end up there? Did you – you know, was did Alabama A&M have some interest? Yeah, absolutely. They, they actually wanted me to play DB, and that was a no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my, be- my best friend, uh, he actually went to Grambling. Uh, Trent Scott, he's with the Chargers yeah. now, starting left tackle. Yeah. He went there, and I was like, you know, my situation, it was some things that happened to where, you know, I ended up not signing on signing day, and I'm like, if I'm going to walk on somewhere, I'm going to walk on with my guy. So I didn't know any, I didn't know anything about grounding, but I made that decision. It was the best decision. Wow. Yeah, Trent Scott, man, you're right. I mean, he's, you know, got to protect Phillip Rivers, who's, you know, going to be one day in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, man. How, how, how much do you all still interact? And, you know, I know you're, you're really excited for him. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's my guy. Like I said, I've been knowing him since I was six. We played Little League together, high school, college, and uh, we're on the same line. We are the same fraternity, so, like, we're really close. And I'm the godfather of his newborn daughter that just came yesterday. So, I mean, that's that's my guy. Like, we talk every almost every day, and I just try to give him advice, you know, going into his second year in the league. Yeah, that's awesome. So now, so you, you actually put your, uh, your, your, your thespian career – on hold now you've been in some now you you you're a legitimate actor like you've been in some you know you've been in some projects right like you put that on hold to to go to grambling but i know you ultimately i'm assuming you ultimately want to rekindle that one day right 
Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, when my time is up in this league, I, I will be back, you know, into that, you know, part of my career. So it's in the works. Yeah, okay. Do you have something coming up uh, maybe off season? No, no, no. Everything, main focus is football right now. That's That's what's important. But when I'm done, I'll be back. Yeah. All right. In his fourth season, as the uh, in his fourth season, I should say, with the Indianapolis Colts is Chester Rogers. Uh, of course, the Colts going to take on the Texans at home. The Colts three and two on the season, formerly of Grambling, as he joins us here on from the press box to press row. Chester, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Colts. Thank you so much. Colts wide receiver Chester Rogers, also punt returner and. Uh, Obviously, he wants to get more touches, get more involved in the offense. Uh, a banner season last year, his best in the National Football League. And uh, so far, not a whole lot of catches, but I think, you know, they have to, have had a week off. And, it, you know, it's a different quarterback and Jacoby Brissett. And like he said, I mean, they have to get on the same page the first three years in the league. Uh, well, first couple of years, because, of course, um, Andrew Luck was hurt. Uh, for a season, but uh, had has to get reacclimated. So uh, I think now with the bye week and moving forward, look for Chester Rogers to be a little bit more involved in the Colts' offense. And I mean, we talk a lot of on this program about HBCU sports and and the players. I mean, you have all of these players. He mentioned Trent Scott. I mean, uh, starting. I mean, okay, starting a former Boxtero All-American starting for the San Diego Chargers, all of these guys. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, speaking of uh, of guys, uh, Darius Leonard uh, expected to play this week coming off. Uh, you know, he had a concussion. He sat out for several weeks, the reigning uh, AFC Rookie of the Year. You know, Tariq Cohen and what he's doing in Chicago. I, because I'm not sure, but because of the situation right now uh, in Cincinnati with the defensive back situation, the Bengals have like four defensive backs that are injured, possibly out uh, for their game on Sunday. So it may mean that Tony McRae, formerly of North Carolina A&T, uh, may start. He's been uh, with the Bengals. He's sort of stuck with the Bengals the last couple of years and has gotten some playing time and has made some contributions. I mean, you can look up and down in the National Football League, and all of what a lot of our HBCU kids are doing. Antoine Bethay uh, has been in the league since 2006. He's now with the Giants, still doing uh, big things in the National Football League. So uh, you don't have – you can go to an HBCU, okay, and still play at the highest level in the National Football League. The West Virginia State Yellow Jackets 5-1 – on the season, playing some outstanding football. John Pennington, the head coach of the Yellow Jackets, is up next. All right, let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're joined by a man in his third season as the head football coach at West Virginia State. The Yellow Jackets having a great season, 5-1. and one. They're 5-0 and oh in Mount East play. They're on top of the Mountain East. And, of course, they have... A matchup on Saturday uh, at home against Urbana as John Pennington joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Pennington, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This is such a great platform, you know, for our guys to get some exposure, you know, at our level. 
they don't get a whole lot. So uh, they work extremely hard. So I, I really love what you're doing. I appreciate it, Coach Pennington. Of course, we've talked with you the last couple of years on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Thank you for making your first appearance uh, on this show. So you guys are 5-1 and one playing some outstanding football, again, on top of the Mount East Conference. Your thoughts on your team season so far? Well, I think the, the number one thing that sticks out is, is our leadership um, and our, our toughness. You know, and that, that's something that we've been trying to build for the past three years was a, a tough, gritty football team that, you know, that, that plays the game the right way, that plays for each other. And uh, our team is definitely doing that. You know, four of our five wins have been come from behind victories in the fourth quarter. So our team never gives up. Uh, they're always fighting and scratching and clawing, trying to find a way to get a win. And, uh, you know, they've been, um, you know, fun to watch, especially in the fourth quarter. You know, it's, it's every game comes down to the last second. And, um, you know, our guys, uh, you know, do a great job leading and, and being, you know, mentally tough. And it's, it's showing up, uh, you know, with some wins. Absolutely. I mean, case in point, this past Saturday against Fairmont, you get down 24 to 7. You come back, then it becomes a nip and tuck affair. Ultimately, Zach Pete, uh, Pate catches the 13-yard pass from Austin Hensley, who, of course, is our box throw national player of the week. 15 seconds left in the game. Talk about that. And, and again, you talk about these come-from-behind victories. That was a huge win to keep you undefeated in Mountain East play. Yeah, and, you know, the, the crazy part is we did a two-minute drill right before that, took the, uh, took the lead, and we kicked off, and Fairmont returned it for a touchdown. So we had to go back and do it again. Um, we, we were down three points, and we were in field goal range. You know, we, we had gotten in field goal range with about, I can't remember, 20-some 20, 20 seconds left or 21 seconds left. And, uh, you know, it was first down, and my thought was, well, let's, let's take three shots at the end zone. Uh, we had a couple shots we knew we could still take, and then if we don't get all three of them, we'll kick a field goal to you know to tie and go into overtime. So we ran a uh, uh, an out and up to the slot receiver, and you know I, I think we've been hurting him with some underneath stuff, so they they jumped it, and uh, Austin made a great throw, and uh, you know hit Zach in the back corner of the end zone for the win. Yeah, what about the play of of Austin? So far this year, you look at the numbers, he's completing right around 61% of his passes, 14 uh, touchdowns to six interceptions. This is a young man that was playing well. He gets injured in 2017. He comes back last year and doesn't play a whole lot because you had a really good quarterback, uh, but you knew he would come back this year. So he is having a phenomenal season. Again, our reigning box to row national player of the week. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, just a testament to his toughness and he's, you know, our team takes on his identity, but, um, you know, he, he had an injury, season-ending injury his first year when he was starting, and then last year he was our starter, and first game of the year he breaks his foot and he's out for the season. So uh, for him to come back after two season-ending injuries and play the way he's been playing is just, um, you know, it, it's just been awesome for, for the way he leads our team. But uh, the way he played on Saturday, I've never seen a quarterback play that well the way he was playing on Saturday. Not – not only was he leading and uh, guiding our team, but he was he was making throws that were just I mean there, there's really small windows against a good defense and he's he's fitting them in there perfectly fourth down you know with the game on the line two game winning drives uh, we had a two minute drill that scored a touchdown at the beginning of the at the end of the first half as well so I mean he, he couldn't have played a better game and we really needed him to uh, and that's what great players do they they step up you know when your when your team needs you and um, you know, he's been great all year, but 
He had had a tough game the week before. He had three interceptions, um, you know, just missed a couple throws. And uh, he was really determined to come back and, and bounce back, and that's exactly what he did. John Pennington is the head football coach at West Virginia State in his third season. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And the way he's doing it, Coach Pennington, you know, it's not like he's locking in on one guy. He has excellent distribution uh, distribution of the football to a number of different receivers. Yeah, I mean, we, we have so many weapons out there. we got three seniors, A.J. Barrett, Zach Tate, and Isaiah Scott. Um, we got another guy, Ty Light, who had a hundred yards Saturday, and um, we got our full our fullback. I guess is he's also a receiver. I mean, he's kind of a H back kind of guy, so he's 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 great with the ball too. So uh, we're throwing the ball to running backs. I mean, when you got a quarterback like Austin, you got you got to use him, you know. So we're finding ways to to throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage to wide outs, running back, anything we can do to you know to get get it to where Austin's able to distribute the football and. He does a great job of that. Uh, he's always he always knows the game plan. I mean, he's he's like having another coach on the field, which uh, is one of the reasons he's he's playing so well. Yeah. What are some of your next opponent again? A home game against Urbana. What challenges does Urbana present? Well, they're four and two, uh, and you know they're one of the better teams in our league. Uh, always they always play us tough, and um, they got a uh, most of their players, their starters are you know, two, three, four-year starters. So their guys know what they're doing. We've, we've had battles every year. It's been a dogfight against them. So, we, you know, we know each other really well. It's not like uh, one team's more talented than the other. So it's, it's just going to be a dogfight again. And, um, you know, we, we feel real comfortable in those kind of matchups. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to, you know, who plays the best. And, you know, hopefully that's us on Saturday. But we know it's going to be a smash-mouth, old-school kind of football game. You know, I think back, you know, we've been doing this 14 years, and I think back to, you know, you, you go back maybe, you know, 08, 07, 08, 09. I mean, West Virginia State pretty solid when you're talking about that old West Virginia Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, and then not so good, uh, you know, after that. But the last three years, I mean, you've really turned this program around back-to-back six and five seasons, and now five and one, and talking about trying to win uh, that conference how how have you been able to turn this thing around? Well, you know, I, I think uh, I was the offensive coordinator uh, before becoming the head coach, and I, I thought we did a great job, um, you know, with our the previous head coach, really laid a great foundation of uh, doing things the right way. And we didn't win a, a whole lot of games, but we started to win a couple games here and there. Uh, and, and then all, all I had to do was kind of, you know, build the rest of the house. We had laid the foundation, and so – um, one of the things we tried to do was, at first, was we had to teach them how to win. We we, we had to make winning a habit. So um, we tried to find small wins in everyday situations and make sure that our guys, you know, knew that you know this is you're doing these things right and this is what you need to focus on. Keep doing these things right. And then uh, after two years of that, um, we started to uh, you know to to be able to play uh, at a higher level. We, we raised the standard a little bit. You know we. We weren't just satisfied with doing a little bit well every day. It was it was now about okay. We want to be elite. We're not satisfied. Actually, six and five kind of disgusts me and disgusts our team. Or it's not what we want to be. You know, mediocrity is uh, is the enemy of being great. So uh, our focus has been being elite. And it doesn't matter who we play. We want to be elite. You know, not only on the field, but how we are in the classroom, how we act 
uh, on and off the field? You know, are we, are we picking up the trash after a game? I mean, every little thing that championship teams do, we want to do. And our team is, is hungry for that. And we're fighting to, you know, to play up to our standard. And we haven't played our best football yet. So hopefully, you know, this Saturday we get to see some, some elite football out of our team. John Pennington is the head football coach at West Virginia State. Joins us here on the program. The Yellow Jackets again, five and one on the season, taking on Urbana at home on Saturday. A couple of more thoughts, Coach Pennington, and we appreciate the time. I mean, in essence, your whole career has been in the state of West Virginia, coaching at various uh, locations. But the thing about it, you played at West Virginia University. Um, had what's called the catch uh, in the backyard brawl against Pittsburgh uh, going back some time now. What do you remember about those days at West Virginia? And also you played with Pat White, who is currently the quarterback's coach at Alcorn State. Yeah, we, we had a great run at West Virginia University. And, you know, I was a walk-on. I grew up in West Virginia and uh, earned a scholarship, became a captain and uh, you know, ended up being able to make some plays, but uh, really cut my teeth there and, and learned, you know, about you know how how college football is and, and how to coach and how to how to be tough and physical and, and find ways to win football games. And we kind of turned our program around there as, as Pat was, you know, kind of coming in. We we had gotten the program where we had won a couple Big East championships, and then Pat took over, you know, and won some uh, some B, you know some BCS bowl games and and stuff like that. So it, it was. It was such an awesome experience, and, and my uh, my defensive coordinator was my teammate at, at West Virginia, uh, George Shell, and our running backs coach Quincy Wilson, um, one of the, one of the best running backs to ever played at WVU, is, is with me as well. So you know, it, it's like it's like being in the locker room all over again, except now it's a it's a football staff room. So uh, you know, not a whole lot has changed with us. We still you know we believe in being tough and being physical and uh, playing the game the right way and that old school mentality and. It always worked for us at WVU, and now we're trying to, to pass that on to, to, the, to the players at West Virginia State. And I think our experience, you know, at WVU really really showed us, okay, this is if you do these things, you'll win championships, and that's what we're trying to teach every day at West Virginia State. And it's fun to watch these guys start to learn, you know, how the mindset can really um, you know, it can win you football games, even when you don't play well. The Yellow Jackets have won three straight ball games, got a home tilt on Saturday against Urbana. 5-1 and one on the season, undefeated at 5-0 and oh in Mech play. John Pennington in his third season as the head football coach at West Virginia State. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Pennington, glad to get you on the, the long program. Continued success to you and the Yellow Jackets. Well, I appreciate that. And like I said, I'm just so grateful for what you're doing and giving us a platform to – to put out, you know, all these guys work so hard and to give them that platform is awesome. And, you know, uh, I know you said we're, we're five and oh, but we look at it like we're five and six. Uh, we, we got to earn every victory and, you know, five and six does not fit well with, with our football team. So, uh, hopefully we can get to six and five this weekend. No, absolutely. <laughs> Sounds good. Appreciate it, coach. All right. Thanks a lot, Donald. Yellow Jackets definitely should be getting more consideration in the box to row media poll they're playing in a tough met conference now shepherd who has been sort of the class of the conference really in a power in division two left to join the PSAC. i can't remember if they're in the east or west uh division uh but i mean you know you, you still have teams like charleston is still there and charleston right now notre dame uh and 
uh, West Virginia State are on top. They're both undefeated. They have a tilt uh, in a couple of weeks. But what uh, John Pennington has been able to do, and he's right, while he was the offensive coordinator, the Yellow Jackets began to turn things around. He took over the program and, I mean, 12 and 10, you know, 12 and 10 in two full seasons and now five and one uh, in year three is doing pretty well. Still to come here on the program, William Byron drives the number 24 for Hendrick Motorsports. On the other side of this break, remember the musical theme for today. Music from those that are on the ballot for the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Pat Benatar with Hit Me With Your Best Shot. More from the press box to press row on the other side. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row, the biggest names, our guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, um, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. We track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware. From the press box to press row. Let's continue here on from the press box to press row. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series playoffs round of 12 elimination race takes place uh, this weekend. As a matter of fact, can be seen on NBC. We'll have more information about that. And on the line, we're joined by a gentleman. He drives the number 24 for Hendrick Motorsports. He is William Byron. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. William, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Just want to kind of get your thoughts. You've had a number of top, you know, 10 finishes on the season. Just your thoughts on your season to this point. It's been good. You know, we've we've made a big improvement on the 24 team from last year. And I feel like really just kind of put ourselves into contention uh, for most weekends, I feel like we've been kind of there and, and um, in the top five or the top ten. So that's been great. Um, you know, we'd, Obviously, we'd like to advance through to the next round of the playoffs and hopefully 
um, we have one more opportunity to do that this weekend. So um, definitely going to have to, you know, go after the win this weekend, but we're excited about that opportunity and um, it's been a success so far this year. Absolutely. And you're a young guy. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Kansas Speedway, maybe not so kind to you so far in, in, in three races. What do you have to do to uh, win the race uh, this weekend? Well, I think we're just going to have to um, you know, execute a really good weekend. Um, I feel like our car is going to have good speed, so we just have to try to um, capitalize on that speed that we have and ultimately just go out there and, and try to uh, see what we can put together. I think it's gonna, you know, it takes every every part of the race to kind of come together and think we can put ourselves in a good position in the top five at the end of the race. Uh, we can have an opportunity to, to go out there and win just like anybody else. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I think I think it's going to be a great weekend. Um, it's always an intense weekend, you know, Kansas uh, being a cutoff race, and I think that's going to add a new element as well. Yeah, d- doesn't – is your strategy, you and your team's strategy – um, how does it change specifically for this weekend? Because, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta get it done this weekend or you'll be out of uh, playoff contention. Yeah, I think, you know, our strategy is just to go out there and win. I, you know, we ultimately, ultimately that's what it's going to take for us from here on out to the end of the year to have a shot at the championship. So we're going to have to win this weekend. And then, and then if we, you know, if we do that, then we can, um, have to probably win again in the next round. So um, that's ultimately what it takes at this point in the year. And um, I think that um, if we if we carry that approach, uh, we'll have a good shot. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be uh, – it's interesting. You know, we, we've had um, a rough couple weeks, I guess. Uh, Dover was good, but, but Talladega, we just, we just unfortunately got caught up in that crash. So um, we just have to kind of move on and, and uh, focus on this weekend. Yeah. William Byron drives the number 24 for Hendrick Motorsports. He joins us here on From the Press Box, the press row. Uh, the, the playoffs continue this weekend at Kansas uh, Speedway. So let me take you back to last year. Uh, you know, a good, a really good season for you. Really good season in 2018, first year full-time uh, on the circuit. Y- your thoughts on, on 2018. And, man, I mean, you're, you know, you're only 21 years old, and you're – you know, you're already in the playoffs in 2019, but 2018 was a good season for you. Yeah, 2018 was good. I mean, anytime you come into the Cup Series, your rookie year is always going to be tough. Um, you know, it's such a big, such a big adjustment from anything else that you race, and it takes a lot of effort and takes a lot of, um, uh, you know, a different approach. You know, you're traveling every weekend, and uh, you're you're going through weekends, and you have three three days a week to, to kind of prepare for the race. And it's, it's a long process to kind of get the car ready for the, for the race and know what you want in the, in the car to uh, be successful. So I think I had to learn all those things, but uh, fortunately I got rookie of the year and was really thankful for the efforts my team put in to, to get that. And I think that kind of boosted into this year, some momentum. You know, I, I don't have it in front of me in terms of, you know, when you look at drivers in the history of NASCAR. I mean, you were 2015 Rookie of the Year in the uh, K&N, 2016 Camping World Truck Series Rookie of the Year, 2017 NASCAR Xfinity, you know, last year Rookie of the Year in, in uh, on the big boy circuit, Monster Energy. Sp- speak to that and just sort of your meteoric rise here in NASCAR as a whole, uh, which has, again, led to the success and 
Again, as a 21-year-old driver, uh, you are participating in the playoffs in your second year on as a full-time driver. Yeah, I've been really thankful to kind of, you know, fortunately kind of come up through the ranks pretty pretty quickly. Um, you know, it's kind of uh, the the first year that I started racing, I wasn't expecting to, to have, you know, the success and just really wanted to pursue it as, as fun and and um, hopefully something I could do as much as possible. But um, I was kind of thankful after, right after that that, you know, I, I kept advancing up through the ranks, and um, that ultimately led to more opportunities. So, uh, yeah, I was extremely thankful for kind of, you know, getting through the ranks like I did, and I feel like I learned enough at each each step of the way to kind of transition to the next one. And, um, you know, definitely the Cup Series is a big step, but, um, you know, hopefully I can – continue to race at this level for for a while so you're now in addition to to this you're also interesting a student at liberty university how do you do it all yeah that's a a good question i started taking online classes for liberty when i was in high school actually and took some dual enrollment classes for my college degree and i continue to take classes now so um you know it's just it's always been School's always been a, a part of my life and something that, you know, I, I've had to balance and, and juggle with all the other things that I'm doing with racing. So I feel like it, it comes, um, you know, it's an important thing, an important part of my life to keep the balance I have and, and uh, it keeps me organized and focused towards what I'm trying to uh, achieve. Yeah. And, and then last thought, and we appreciate the time, um, William, uh, it, just a lot of success for you. I know you've, you've mentioned this. Um, what is it going to take uh, to be able to, uh, you know, to, to win this uh, deal in Kansas and, and once again continue uh, on in the uh, in the playoffs? Well, I think it's going to take first just having a fast car. You know, you're going to have to have a – everyone's going to bring their best equipment to Kansas and um, hopefully our car is fast and, and stacks up well with, with – um, the rest of the competition and i think if, if that's the case then we have great opportunity to to go out there and and succeed so um really looking forward to that opportunity and i think that um you know if we can if we can go out there and do what we think we we can do then i'm really looking forward to to what we what we can accomplish he's the driver of the number 24 exalted chevrolet for hendrick motorsports he is william byron of course the playoffs continue in nascar on sunday in kansas William Byron joins us here. I'm from the Press Box to Press Row. William, we appreciate the time. Uh, Good luck uh, in Kansas this weekend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. William Byron joining us here on the program. Young man is only 21 years old. It's in school at Liberty and doing the uh, Monster Energy Drink uh, uh, Cup Series full time. So he's doing uh, some really big things. Before we get out of here, I'm from the Press Box to Press Row. Again, a big one in Petersburg, Virginia, really more specifically, Ectric, Virginia, on the campus of Virginia State, Bowie State, and Virginia State going to get together. Should be an outstanding football game. It's going to be a solid offense by Virginia State, led by the quarterback, Cordario Cook, against a really good defense in Bowie State. I like Joshua Pryor uh, on that defensive line. As a freshman, he was a, a box to row All-American. He's been getting it done this year. He's got some sacks, many tackles uh, for loss. Um, again, Bowie State, 
uh, offensively is getting, I mean, they're scoring some points, you know, but I think the defense is doing a really good job um, as well. The, the offense, not as much a juggernaut this year. I mean, you can look at the amount of points that it scored uh, against Cho Wan, but it's not an offensive juggernaut as we saw uh, under Amir Hall. Nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, still a, uh, a, it's going to be a great football game. It's just a nationally televised game, just a great uh, football game. Uh, good weather expected there uh, in Petersburg. If you didn't know, Joel Hopkins uh, resigned his position as the head men's basketball coach uh, at Shaw. I had a chance to talk with him, um, and you can read more uh, on our website at BoxToRow.com. His, uh, his son is dealing with testicular cancer, has been for the last couple of seasons, as a matter of fact, his father uh, with dementia. So he wants to spend time with them, spend time with uh, his family. I mean, you look at Amir Hinton uh, with the Knicks organization, uh, Coach Ronald Flip Murray while at Shaw, uh, won the CIAA Tournament Championship in 2002. Uh, and then also as the head coach at Mount Zion, Coach uh, Pro Basketball Hall of Famer Tracy McGrady uh, as well. So we wish, uh, wish, of course, Joe Hopkins well. Got to get ready to run here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you to John Pennington, the head football coach at West Virginia State. Uh, William Byron also uh, drives the number 24 for Hendrick Motorsports, joining us on the program, um, as well as Indianapolis Colts wide receiver, punt returner, uh, Chester Rogers. I'm going to be in Tallahassee calling that A&T and Florida A&M football game. Very much looking forward to that game on Saturday. Week 8, the scoreboard is on our website at BoxToRow.com. We encourage you to log on to BoxToRow.com and check it out. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. Just can't.